Welcome to the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nedling. You are about to discover impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you, so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Be sure you visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com. While you're there, subscribe to us via your favorite network. Now tune in, get ready, and enjoy the journey of emerging as a leader of exception in the 21st century. Welcome everyone to the Find Your Leadership Confidence podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Nettling, coming to you from Roswell, Georgia. The goal of this podcast is to bring topics and guests that will empower you to be a confident leader in your business and your life. Today, I'm very happy to have another Vicky on my show. Vicky Dello, is it Joyo? Joyo, yes. Joyo. Yeah. And I was hoping that's the way it was because you're going to provide a lot of joy in this. We're going to talk about the energy behind charisma, but let me tell you a little bit about Vicky. Vicky fires up visionary speakers to amplify their charisma and deliver their message with passion, presence, and power. Since 1987, her methods have touched and transformed hundreds of speakers to stand and deliver with joy, confidence, and ease through coaching and live 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 and virtual workshops that get everyone talking. Don't you hate those workshops where nobody says anything? (laughs) So once again, we're going to talk about the energy behind charisma. Please join me in welcoming Vicki Dello Joyo. Thank you so much, Vicki. It's such a delight to be here. Awesome. So I always start easy uh, uh, with the question. So where do you call home? Well, I actually have two homes. Most Ah. of the time I'm in Oakland, California. Um, My wife lives in the country about five hours north of me in the foothills of Shasta. And that's where I am right now in Weaverville, California. Shasta. So is it in the mountainous area? It's mountains. Yeah, we're in the foothills of Mount Shasta. And I grew then, up in New York City, so I'm. I'm, uh, I'm I could, <laughs> you could tell, I had, could tell just a slight. You know, for, nobody ever guesses that I'm from Pittsburgh originally, but I've been <laughs> actually here in Georgia long. And if you get me excited about anything, the, a southern accent sometimes comes out. But, um, but I've heard and, a little tinge. Yeah, yet. just a little. It's yeah. just a little. But anyway, beautiful area. As we talked earlier, my Toastmaster life has taken me to California and and also my uh, as a UPS project manager, I spent a good bit of time in San Diego and um, all up and down that coast. So mm. I can appreciate all of the good things that they have out there. It is beautiful here. So let's get into those questions that are a little bit more thought provoking than where you live. <laughs> Why do you do this work that you do and how did you get into it? I love this question. And I, you know, I always, always have this double strand happening because (laughs) basically I got into theater when I was a kid, 
So I'm going to start with theater because theater mm -hmm. informs a lot of what I do uh, because I was so, so shy that they were actually worried <laughs> about me. And my mom, in her infinite wisdom, had me audition at the age of, I think, six or seven oh, wow. for a, a summer stock production of Finian's Rainbow. I got cast mm -hmm. as one of the kids. I fell in love with it because there was something about it that allowed <laughs> me to come out of my shell. I, yeah. would, I, I would stumble over my words. I was horribly shy even with other kids or maybe even especially with other kids yeah. I always like to kind of sit in the background and listen um, so I got into theater uh, as a way of coming getting over that shyness and then uh, the other part of what I do is this martial art called qigong and I mm. got into that actually also through theater I was in a theater school where um, one of the fir my first introduction to the work that I do with martial arts mm -hmm. was uh, tai chi for oh. actors so um, Tai Chi, which I think at this point, a lot of people know, uh, is, you know, it was just, um, it made no sense to me in a way, right? Like, what is this old, old, I thought he was very old now that I'm probably older than he was. <laughs> Back at that humorously, but, you know, he, he has big claim to fame was that he was, um, I think he was maybe 70 or something like that, or 60. Not too old. Not, not, not too, too old, not too uh, old uh, at all. <laughs> no, no. Um, but he had 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 just had his wife had just had a baby, and that was his. You know, this was proof. Tai Chi was proof of his virility. With wow, baby. <laughs> <laughs> and as a young woman, I could have cared less about that. But as soon as we started to do the movement itself, it felt like coming home. Mm. I don't even know how to articulate what that feeling was. But I got, but I got into it. I started doing Tai Chi, and then when I moved, uh, I, I actually you know, as a theater pro program in California. When I went back to New York, I continued the study with, with other teachers. And then I started to go deeper into it um, and then morphed into a more fighting martial arts. So then uh, I started doing fighting martial arts really because I had been beaten up on the street for uh, being, I was very, when I was younger, I was very punk looking, you know, purple hair and kind of. <laughs> you would <laughs> never guess it looking at you now, ma'am. <laughs> So I so I um I had gotten beaten up, uh, basically queer bashed, and oh. um, I decided I needed to learn how to protect myself. So I started doing the harder fighting arts, yeah. and then ended up circling around back to qigong, which is a softer art, or more of a healing art, more than fighting. Although it can be applied in different ways. So that's oh. a very long answer to a fairly short question. Yeah, <laughs> but that's, but what, that, that's but... what kicked me off. And, you know, when earlier, whenever you were talking at, at the beginning, you talked about uh, being that shy kid and sitting back. And I find that uh, as an introvert as well, but I, I, working with kids as I do, I, I think that those introverts often are more observers than others. You know, the others, the, the extroverts maybe want to be the center of attention, but the other, the introvert is looking at the situation. I but, like that. Yeah. I think it's really, yeah. Something about that sitting back and taking things mm -hmm. in and learning things. And I think that's probably how I went from then doing theater to, to doing, which I still do. I, I'm a performer. Yeah. I'm at a theater company. I do a nice. lot of directing of speakers and um, uh, people who do storytelling, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I do a lot of directing and a lot of performing, but what got me into the speaking world was that I was doing a fair amount of speaking about energy and qigong mm -hmm. and people kept coming up and saying you know i really love how you speak could you teach me how to do that and i was nice. like well i can teach you not how to be like me but i can teach you how to be better at being you yeah uh, and a lot of it was sort of drawing from these two these two fountains that i mm -hmm. draw from which is of both the theater and it's not so much jazz hands but really what is it that <laughs> 
you know, what is it that makes somebody really stand out? What is yeah. it that makes them really, uh, you know, people lean forward when you speak as opposed to mm-hmm. look at the cell phone or. Oh, goodness. Yes. Yeah. But, but I think that's true that what I found even in myself, because I was more of an observer of people, it makes me a better speaker. It makes me definitely a better listener. Definitely. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I know that you have coached people also. Mm-hmm. And for me, it also makes me a better coach because mm-hmm. I am so used to observing and, and sort of looking at yeah. what 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 is mm-hmm. working, what isn't and how to fix it. Right. It's right. just, you know, it, and it comes very naturally to me. And I think you're right. It, it stems from that young yeah. introvert. Yeah. So, so shy. Yeah. Oftentimes, you know, we don't see the things in ourselves that, you know, that coach can really help bring out. Oh, I, I, you can't see the picture when you're inside the frame, right? It really helps <laughs> to have. So true. Yeah. Yeah. So you started to talk about your, say it again, is it Qigong? Qigong. Qigong. Qigong, yes. So at, for those that are just listening, that's G or Q, I, G, G, O, N, G. Q, I, G, O, N, G. And it's also spelled sometimes C, H, I, which is more familiar to people or in mm-hmm. Qi. And gong mm-hmm. being could be j j g g o n g or k u n g, so it's they got a lot of different spellings because of course the pinions of um, in Chinese it's uh, it's just how you pronounce it and how you it's a phonetic spelling. So, so I've interviewed several people that have um, done martial arts and it's really boosted their confidence. And then as a coach, has helped the people that they work with. Has that been your experience? personally, as well as with those that you coach, that martial arts is a great way to help with confidence? I think it's one of the great ways. Absolutely. And part of what makes it help with confidence in the Qigong kind of concept, there's a concept of something called heaven, human, and earth that we Mm. sort of exist in these three realms of consciousness. And earth has everything to do with standing your ground, having a leg to stand on, your confidence, Mm -hmm. standing on the shoulders of your ancestors, being able to draw from the nourishment that's the earth, right? We get our food from the earth. So everything that feeds that sense of Mm. self and who you are is based in the earth realm. So in terms of, there's a different ways, right? Martial arts in terms of being able to protect yourself or take care of yourself is one aspect of confidence. But another has to do with, you know, that whole no like trust thing that people always talk about in business. Mm. A lot of that has to do with, are you grounded in what mm. you know and who you are? Mm-hmm. And so I think that Qigong is a really great way to kind of access that even when you're not quite feeling it, right? There are times when, you know, you have an off day, there's mm. certain techniques that you can do physically that help you really reorient with that sense of confidence, and I love that that's what your your podcast is all about. Yeah. So, so does, does this martial arts also involve the breathing aspect that some uh, martial arts do? Because that helps. I know for me, especially you know, if I'm preparing to speak or uh, just preparing to do something outside of my comfort zone, that breathing piece centers you, focuses, you know, just like calms your body down, your mind down. Is that part of... Qigong? 100%. It probably starts with that. Mm. There's over, 
6,000 exercises that get called Qigong. Um, so it's one of those words like dance, like do you do Alvin Ailey or tap, or are you a ballet dancer, or are you a Martha Graham person? You know, the, there's different kinds of dancers. That, there's yeah. even more types of Qigong. But mm. the one thing that I would say draws them all together is that everything starts with breath. Yeah. And I know a lot of Qigong teachers who say that Qigong is the mother of all martial arts, but I've studied five or six different martial arts in depth mm -hmm. and they all say they're the mother. So, I can't <laughs> <say>. <laughs> yes. but that, but, but I think the reason for that is that something to do with what you said that was so smart. It's not, it, it's not just being able to focus on your breath, but what that does in terms of how you mm -hmm. center mm -hmm. in terms of what it is that you're wanting to deliver and yeah. how you kind of come back to your core. I know whenever I coach people in speaking, that's one of the first things that we have to work on is breathe. Yeah. You know, just yeah, people breathe. get so accelerated, right? They yes. get so accelerated yes. and nervous. Yeah. Awesome. yeah. So what is, why is it important for a speaker, an entrepreneur or a business owner to pay attention to their energy? Wonderful question. I think that, when you think about it's it's partly what I said, you know, mm -hmm. we've covered already about being grounded and centered, because when we're grounded and centered, then all of a sudden that allows for your own vulnerability and authenticity to come forward. Mm -hmm. And I use vulnerability as a strength here, not as something that's like, oh, yes. take care of me. Um, and to be able to present ourselves as being fully who we are. These arts, uh, these energy arts, particularly Qigong, is all, that's all. It's all about that. Mm -hmm. It's all about drawing in your own resources. So whether you're drawing up from the earth, or in the case of Qigong, there's also this concept of the heaven realm, which has to do with your inspiration, mm -hmm. the sense of being able to have a perspective. So when mm -hmm. you can kind of align yourself between heaven and earth, then you're fully expressing in that mm -hmm. middle realm, which is human, which has to do with being able to speak from your strengths, being able to have that sense of interbeing that Thich Nhat Hanh used to talk about, or that sense of interconnectedness. So when mm. we're speakers, right, we don't want to just be unilateral all the time, throwing yeah. information out. We want to have that sense of reciprocity going back and forth between our audience and ourselves so that there's a sense of flow, whether it's mm. live or virtual or, you know, however it is that you're doing it. It's not just the sense of overpowering or doing yeah. a dominant power over it's really about looking for how does power become reciprocal how do we go into a give and receive um I, that space I, I just totally agree with that it's i always feel uncomfortable when you have a speaker that's just like just talking at you yes and at a tone and a, and a range of volume that is it just makes you just want to pull back. And as a speaker, you want that person to feel engaged and involved and in par a part of that conversation. So I, I love the reciprocity. reciprocity. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, you know, I, I don't, I'm sure you've experienced this as a speaker yourself, but those times when somebody will come up to you afterwards and say, I felt like you were just talking to me, you know, that yeah. you hit, hit those, 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 you pluck those strings that made mm -hmm. them feel seen, even if they're, I'm the one speaking and they're the one listening, that sense of that, that, that they're, they're, that you're, you're speaking to them. Mm -hmm. And there is this, I, I agree with you. There are certain speakers that it's almost like drinking from a fire 
hose yeah. or it's almost like a bullying, right? You know, mm -hmm. this is, and it's supposed to be inspirational. And for some yeah, people it yeah. is, right? For some yeah, people it and, is. And you're right, it is. Yeah. Yeah, but that's not, those aren't my people or those aren't the people <laughs> who are going to be drawn to listen to me or who I'm particularly going to yeah. listen to that much because it, I just don't connect. And and, and that's why you need to be authentic and, and true to yourself and, and understand there's a billions of people in the world and your message, your style, your way will touch your audience. Yes. You just have to just be out there and do it. Yes, absolutely. What are some concepts from martial arts that all speakers, business owners should know. And I think we, again, we, this is sort of, you know, we're just <laughs> blossoming out and just peeling the onion a little bit more, but what are some things that, that we should know? There's a few things that I really love that to, to, um, especially when I'm working as a coach with speakers to let them know, of course, you know, the, your wisdom that you've already spoken about with the breath. The second piece is something that I call standing tall. And it's mm. simply a moment of just lengthening your spine so that your crown goes up, connecting to that inspiration realm and your feet are really grounded. And that allows our breath to open up even more, which also allows our heart energy to expand. Mm -hmm. And there's a, there's a concept in Qigong, well, it's actually Chinese medicine called mm. Wei Qi. And Wei Qi has to do with your externalized energy. It's, um, it's, uh, I think some people who are, you know, psychic see auras or, or you might feel the heat off mm -hmm. of somebody's body. That's all part of the Wei Qi field. And in Chinese medicine, it's really what protects us from pathogens and allergens and that mm -hmm. kind of thing. In Qigong, it has to do with the energy that you express. So, and, and it's a very real concrete thing. And that's, I think what a lot of people don't know. It's almost, it's one of the, I would call a secret sauce behind why I think I've had a lot of success as a speaker and why my, my, my clients jump into a whole other level is because of starting to look at what is this Wei Qi. Can mm. I tell you a quick story about it? Yeah, about do, do. Yeah. Um, so I first discovered Wei Qi because I told you I had been, had been, had accosted on the street more than mm. once as a young woman. And I uh, began to I began to study these hard martial arts. So I was learning how to fight and yeah. punch and kick. And my partner at the time and I were, for some reason, we were training at the same school. And for some reason, our teacher thought it would be good for us to spar together. So oh. we were punching and kick kicking each other in the school, going home, having these fights. It was really an awful period of time in my life. But it was this one of those wake up calls because I um, was walking home from the from the subway uh, in San Francisco called Bart uh, one day and a, and a man walked around the corner and you know how sometimes when you're at a party and you can feel somebody and you get really drawn mm. to them and feel like, Oh, I really want to know more about them. Or you feel like, you know, I think we'll give that person a pass. Mm. That's way Chi. So, so oh. he came around the corner, right? So it's not just how somebody looks or how they're dressed mm -hmm. or anything like that. It's something else that's a little less tangible. So this man came around the corner and I could just feel that energy was a little funky. Mm -hmm. uh, and I was very alert to it that th those days, right? Because I'd had these experiences mm -hmm. that had been so scary. Um, and uh, he, as he walked up to me, he started to reach out to grab me. And as he did, his hand bounced about six inches or a foot right away from my body. He was really up close. He bounced and he walked away looking at his hand and then looking at me and then looking at his hand. 
you know, as he was walking away, kind of looking back at me. So I knew he hadn't just missed, but that he had felt something. I didn't know what that was. Oh my gosh. Point. Yeah. But when I got home, I had a phone call from somebody who became my Qigong teacher. And one of the things she said is, I think you need to start working on these inner arts. And that's when I started going into the Qigong away from the fighting arts. And I learned subsequently that this field that had happened spontaneously is called Wei Qi. And one of the ways it happens is when you lengthen your spine. So Mm. when this man had walked around the corner, I didn't go into some kind of fighting stance. I just, I remember internally just having a sense of growing and then thinking, I am not even you can't, but I am. And I think Mm. that's what, what he bounced off of. And subsequently I've had many, many, many episodes that sort of show me that wait, she really is real. That wasn't just a one-off. And then, of course, I've had students, I had one student who just told me recently she was practicing this Wei Chi exercise as she was in the supermarket, which was super crowded. And she was just sailing through in between the cracks like a river going around stones. Oh, so, wow. so that's so I think that that's a th- something to think about for speakers mm-hmm. in terms of both their confidence and also in terms of how they can have the kind of impact that they know they were born to make is to mm. know that when we can start to have the sense that we're radiating out energy and you can yeah. be in charge of how that happens, then we actually have a handle on something that, that again, moves into that area that I call charisma. Oh my goodness. So you just gave us a great story. <laughs> and as a speaker, and as I train, especially when I'm working with the students, the kids, uh, I have to remind them, you know, as they're speaking, they need to tell us stories. They need to have us feel as if we're in the story, that we are the story. And so why do stories matter so much when we are trying to speak in, in anything? Oh, I just love that. Um, I love that you're teaching kids about the importance of storytelling within their speaking. It's 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 critical. So the reason mm-hmm. that I say that, I think that Maya Angelou said something to the effect once of people don't remember necessarily what you've said, but they'll remember how you'll remember they'll remember how you made how them you feel. Made feel. And mm-hmm. I believe the way we make people feel is through our stories. I feel mm-hmm. like it's the pathway into empathy into a place where we can exchange particularly when stories are told well which really matters right Mm -hmm. some stories are not told well and they don't have that same impact they can be a little boring or whatever but when a story is really grabs you there's a way in which you kind of dive into it and and it's a it creates a kind of almost an entrainment between the speaker and the listener I, i was watching a a TED talk the other day. I can't remember his name. I think his last name is Hosan. Anyway, he's talking about the science, the neuro neuroscience behind storytelling and he had connected some electrodes to people in the audience and then and to the speaker and before the speaker came out everybody you know all of the the patterns that they were seeing were all kind of you know um uh, chaotic and when the speaker came out and started telling a story slowly but surely everybody started to go into the same wavelength in terms of what was shown on the page and if there's you know, if nothing else, you know, just the power of that, right? The power yeah. of of people really hearing and and feeling with you, then you're you're on the ride, and and that's what people will walk away with. Mm-hmm. 
a lot of times people walk away from things that I've done and they don't necessarily remember what I talked about, but, oh, I remember that time when you were hit by the car, you know, they'll tell me these, these th things that they remember mm -hmm. and they remember it almost verbatim. Yeah. So, so it's, it's a way to stand out. It's a way to be memorable. It's a way to reach into people's hearts like no other. You can give them all the information in the world, but if they don't feel you, yeah. it doesn't really, doesn't really hold, hold water. And, and what you said earlier is so true. You can have the best words in the world, but how you say it, mm -hmm. the emphasis, the pauses, the power, that roller coaster that you take them on, the painting, the picture, all of that yes. will make that memorable. Yes. You can just say it, but it might not be as impactful if you don't have all of those other elements. And, and that's really whenever, you know, we work with people, that's what we work on. You, you know, you, you could put the content and, and you might think it's not reaching people. It's not the right words, but it could be, it just could be just the way you're saying it. That's so true. That's so true. That's the energy behind what you're yeah. bringing um, and, and going back into that place of authenticity and vulnerability, I I'm imagining that you, like me, you have had students who, um, when they're telling a story that's really true and important, they will well up mm -hmm. and then they think they shouldn't and they try to rush through it. And I always am encouraging people, you know, just let it come through. Mm -hmm. Take a moment if you need to. People will be with you because those pauses, you used the word pauses before, mm -hmm. those pauses in between are where people can start to take you in. Not pauses where you're going off because you're thinking, oh my God, what am I going to say next? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But, but those pauses where you just take a moment and then speak, but you stay present in that moment, mm -hmm. then, then you, you, that's again, it's this entraining, this, yeah. this sense of connection that you can have with your audience. The power of the pause cannot be discounted. Yes. And what I always say, it's to give my audience time to catch up to either the emotion or the thoughts or the memory that, that those words had for them and that makes them again remember that moment so, so well put more. so well put vicky i'm we're totally on the same page with this yeah. i so agree yeah so what are some other things to give your story that wow factor um well so the the, the how you how you set yourself up in terms of your weight sheet first of all yeah. but the second piece i think is um, you know, and, and everything we actually just said about it, but I think that the, the thing I would add is there's something about knowing how many details and how little, a lot yeah. of times, particularly people who are starting out in their speaking journey, aren't really sure. And so they'll sort of recite something like this happened and that happened <laughs> and that happened and that, and it's very dry, almost like a resume mm -hmm. or they get so involved in every detail, they get lost in the weeds and they kind of go off into another space. And so those are one of the things that I think um, to really give the wow factor is to find that fine balance yeah. of how much and how little to say. Mm -hmm. uh, how And the next thing is, is to, if you can think about your story, particularly stories that are meant to illustrate a message that matters mm -hmm. to you, if you can think about it like a movie mm -hmm. and you're inviting people into the movie, 
yeah. just the way people can identify with the you know the protagonist in a movie yeah. you want people to feel that and in fact my program i used to call my program rockstar speaking uh, <laughs> and storytelling not because i was wanting to be you know a rock star it was because <laughs> i was because i was thinking about in rock concerts how how those vibrations those loud vibrations of from the amps sort of shake your bones mm. and i want people to know that you can have that vibrational impact and this is where it goes a little into that woo place, right? Mm-hmm. This is where I start to think about chi and how chi travels. Yeah. But, you know, that you can have people, you know, that, that I want people, their audiences to feel them, not just hear a bunch of words. Mm-hmm. So yeah. true. Yeah. Yeah. I, I often ha- talk about how if you're listening on the radio to a song, how a song can take you to so many emotional areas. And it's the way the words are given, you know, that, it's not monotone. There's ups, there's downs, there's pauses, all of those things. And so for speakers, especially just starting out, I'll just ask them, you know, okay, I want you to listen to these five songs. And then we're going to talk about what you heard, how you felt as it went on. And that's what your stories are, are to do. You know, as you speak, you want to take that person on that journey. hundred percent. I completely agree. Yes. So we talked about the wow. Yeah. But there are definitely some don'ts. <laughs> so yeah. what what should we avoid? Well, first of all, getting lost in the weeds. Which <laughs> yes. What? Too, too much information, right? <laughs> to, um, and, and, and not having pauses, rushing, kind of going through all the things really fast. And then saying, wait a minute, I have another 10 minutes. How am I going to fill it? Yeah. I think another thing don't not to do is not to... to I don't know if it's a don't or a do to to let yourself be in a state of spontaneity, even if it's something that you've done for a while, that 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 to allow, you know, you'll maybe see a certain response in somebody and it'll take you into, you know, to allow spontaneity to occur mm-hmm. to it's like, oh, I was going to tell this story, but maybe I'll tell that story. Or I remember one time I was speaking to a, a really big room and there was a fire siren that was went by. And um, everybody was like frozen. And I just said, let's just imagine that sound going up our spines, <laughs> you know, just to be able to respond to what happens. To yeah. be spontaneous. Part of, you know, part of my uh, part of what I do is I'm also a performer. I've been in a theater company that's called uh, Living Arts Playback Theater. And playback theater is a style of theater where people from the audience are invited to tell a story from their lives and the nice. actors and musicians play it back on the spot, listening for the story under the story. So uh-huh. it's a really very beautiful style of theater. But part of being in this, I've been doing this for about 20 years, and part of being in this type of theater has really taught me is that everything can be, you say yes mm-hmm. and, right? Mm-hmm. It's a theater yes. concept or an improv concept, right? Uh-huh. Yes and to whatever it is that happens. So even if it's a stony-faced audience, right? Sometimes we hit those audiences where they're just um, not expressive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, to to see like how you can play with it, to allow yourself to soften and just go with mm-hmm. what you're feeling. Um, not in a way like you're mocking people. I don't like it when speakers, you know, they're like, what's the matter with you? Do you know, I don't mean that. But mm-hmm. but to be able to just play with, you know, finding out how can, you know, finding where are the openings that I can start to bring a sense of response mm-hmm. so that we again can create that reciprocity with our audience. So it's I'm always looking for ways to move out of the unilateral into the reciprocal type of mode as a speaker. And, and I think, you know, that is, 
is really a great way to do things. I don't memorize speeches word for word. I know what I want to talk about. I know what stories I want to bring in. And so uh, the speech title might be the same from place to place, but the audience will drive what the content actually turns out to be. And and I think, you know, that's what um, one of the things that new speakers have to understand and get comfortable with is. Yeah, it can be very deadly to watch someone try to remember how to recite the things that they've written. That can be very, very tough. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And and it's um, and so that's one of the reasons why I work with kids, because they have to do you know, presentation speeches all through high school, college. And I, I just, I don't want them or their audience to have to suffer. So uh, that's why, <laughs> that's where we work with the kids. It is time now for rapid fire. So we have five questions to give you and just answer top of your head, it, no wrong answers. And again, these are all things that you will easily be able to answer. I would love for you to share just a success story that you have had over your time working with people? A success story personally, I, right now I'm so, th- I'm thinking about a, a client. Okay. A that, yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I have a lot of success stories about, you know, my, yeah, I think your clients. That's perfect. Yeah, uh, she's somebody who was um, very, very shy when I first met her. She, uh, had been a refugee from Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. She, when she was five years old, she had walked across the desert with her family to Pakistan, escaping Af- oh, wow. Afghanistan, encountered um, gunmen and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Uh, and in English was a second language for her, but she learned it faster than her family. So she was an interpreter. But when I first met her, she was very, very quiet, very, very shy. Um and I, she came to a storytelling series that I did, and she has become a consummate storyteller. And she recently just was invited to speak to thousands at a Las Vegas Women's March uh, and just knocked it out of the park. You know, she was able to figure out how to create a small story because she didn't have much time. And we worked together to do nice. that. But watching her deliver that, very, very fulfilling for me as a teacher. And yeah. she's amazing. And she, her stories are so incredible and so important for people to hear. And now she can't stop. She, she keeps coming up with more stories. So it's, it's fantastic. That's, that's what you want to see. Yeah. What are some embodied tools that we can use to amplify the power of our presence while still honoring the shy self? I think the, my favorite embodied tool is this, um, this idea of standing tall mm-hmm. uh, and, and to be careful when you do it, that when you're thinking about lengthening and giving space between each of the vertebrae, that you lift the crown of your head, but not mm. the chin. Ah, yes. People lift the chin, right? <laughs> but you want to keep this. It's not just that it's about good posture. It also allows energy to travel. Mm-hmm. And this is again, the woo factor part mm-hmm. of, one of what I do is that it allows that energy to travel from our brain to our heart. It allows the, the yeah. sense of connection between our inspiration and our sense of expression. Mm-hmm. So I think that that's part of it is when we stand tall and then feel our feet on the ground. So again, it's about that confidence, having a leg to stand on <laughs> that allows us to be shy as we are, but not to feel like that has to be the lead energy. The lead energy is what it is. What What is your heart telling you you yeah. want to deliver? Awesome. What was your transition like during these past three years? 
Oh, it's been a good transition in a way. Uh, you know, I was traveling a lot before um, before the pandemic became um, something where people needed to stay home before shelter in place started. Uh, and I had had been to India for a theater conference and had been to Philadelphia where I was performing my show and I had been doing some marketing work with a, somebody in New Hampshire and teamwork with people in Toronto. And I had just been like all over the map. Oh, and I've been to France and England doing some storytelling workshops and she go workshop. I was really, I was exhausted and I didn't yeah. even know it because I love the work. So I was in the zone and just kind of going and trying to do self-care along the way. But when it came like you really can't, mm-hmm. I was it was like this big sigh of relief. And I just pivoted right to um looking at how can these practices help people, particularly around the anxiety that came yeah. with um came with the virus and the mm-hmm. sense of, you know, we just didn't know. And at least in in New York, where you know, I have a lot of friends and family, it was so dire those first yeah. and in, in Washington state. I mean, there was so so to be able to share some of these tools as mm-hmm. a way to address, I have a, a program I used to call Pivot to Positive that was a uh, do-it-yourself online program about how to take different emotions and bring yourself back to center mm. uh, quickly when five minutes or less or 10 minutes or less. Um, so being able to share some of those practices with people as as we were adjusting to what this new paradigm looked like. Mm. So for me, it was like, I felt like everything I've done up to now in my life kind of led me to know this is, this is a good moment for me to serve in a way that I think will help people. Awesome. Yeah. I always say that I think God said, y'all are just working too dang hard and you need to just <laughs> get I a pr- priority. I love, I love that. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. So what do you consider your greatest accomplishment thus far? Hmm. My greatest accomplishment. I think my greatest accomplishment is in the making. I don't have a sense. I, I, you know, I kind of go a little bit blank. I, I certainly have things that I can say I feel successful about. But I think my greatest accomplishment is that I'm at a stage in my life right now where I'm integrating the wisdom from all of these different traditions and practices that I have, whether it's from performing, directing, mm-hmm. Um, doing martial arts, all of these things are coming together. And so part of the, what I would hope would be the greatest accomplishment was that I'm blending them in a way that is truly useful and it speaks to people. Awesome. The kind of goes into my last question is what's the path, the next path on your journey? Uh, the next path is, is really working with uh, people who uh, have a, message that make the world a better place people who really want to elevate and bring mm-hmm. you know energize people in a way that uh encourages us to listen more deeply mm-hmm. more respectfully and be able to um empathize more mm-hmm. quickly create creating cultures of empathy yeah creating new culture that's what feels like that's the path for me and showing up and being present with what is and at the same time, holding a vision of what's possible, mm. even when things look really can look really dire and divisive. Mm. How do I just really stay there? So the path is really walking my talk and serving in the places I know I can help. That's awesome. Vicki, think alike. <laughs> 
same name, same brain yes, set. <laughs> that's, you know, that's, I think that's why we're here is to do that, you know. All right, I'm going to share my screen. So this is a warning to all those that are listening to get out that pencil and paper so that you can write down the information for her website. So you can just simply go to um, her name, which is always helpful uh, for a website. It is Vicky Dello, J-O-I-O. So V-I-C-K-I-D-E-L-L-O-J-O-I-O.com. Again, that's V-I-C-K-I-D-E-L-L-O-J-O-I-O.com. She is on Facebook as Vicky DJ. I love that. LinkedIn, full name, Instagram, full name. YouTube, she's the way of joy. And then that Q-I-G-O-N-G. So way of joy, Q-U-I-O-I-G-O-N-G. And YouTube, she is her name. So I'm going to let Vicky talk to you about her free gift. So take it away. Okay, so I have a free gift. And it's also if you having if you're listening to this, and that spelling just was went way beyond yeah, what you want worry. to try to retain. This is another great way to connect with me is if you just go download that free gift, it'll give you information of how to contact me directly. And the free gift is I'm calling it Let's Get Real About Charisma, three tips to inspire and motivate your audience every time you speak. And in that, I go into a lot more depth uh, about some of these specific tools that you can do to ignite your sense of passion in terms mm. of how you deliver when you speak. And this got not just speaking from stages. This could also be speaking. I work with people in terms of power, what's called powerful non-defensive communication. It's a system that's created by Sharon Ellison. I'm a master trainer. It, it goes into, there's, there's things that you can use when you're even speaking to somebody that you have conflict with, somebody at the office, somebody even in your family. So mm. anyway, there's, there's, so there's this concept of how to be present and how to be able to speak from a place of power. So mm. this passion, presence, and power are these three P's that I, that I work with. And in the free gift, free gift. Uh, I actually have some physical embodied things that you can do that will help shift awesome. how you do that. Uh, it's not just a thought thing. It's more like, how do we embody it, right? How do we actually bring it into who, who we actually are as opposed to keeping it just uh, from the neck up? Right? Nice. So again, oh, and you get that. Oh, you get that to go by going to yourpowerpresence.com. That's easier to remember than yes. my name. So yourpowerpresence.com. And again, that's a perfectly good way to connect with me directly. And all of this that is on the slide will be in YouTube as well as on my website for you to be able to um, capture that information. But I um, always like to have it on the screen in case as you're watching this, you get so inspired that you want to right away go and get that free gift. So again, I have to say, I'm very proud of this gift and I'm, I'm getting all this feedback from other speakers that, wow, I haven't ever really looked in this piece of speaking. So it's it's not for people who are like brand new speakers and they don't know, you know, that they're, they're just trying to work on um, their signature talk or something. It's 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 it, it can be for them, but it's also for speakers who are very seasoned, but who are wanting to look at how to up their game. Yeah. So. I'll just, that's a, my, my last pitch for the free gift. I'm so proud of it. It's new. So I'm, I'm very proud. Of, very of it. good. I know I'm going to check it out. Well, I just want to thank Vicki for being my guest today and sharing such great wisdom, such insights, some new ideas for everyone. Um, so take advantage of her gift, 
check out the tools and the tips that she has on her website. And uh, again, thank you so much for being such a wonderful guest. It has been a, uh, it has been a pleasure. So from one Vicky to another, I just want to remind everyone that you should remember that life is a journey and it is up to you to enjoy the ride. This is Vicki Nettling signing off. Thank you for tuning into the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast with Vicki Nettling, where we share impactful lessons that help you grow as an individual, grow your confidence, and find the positive and good within you so you powerfully and authentically become the best version of yourself. Remember to visit our website at www.findyourleadershipconfidence.com and enjoy even more great episodes like this one. Again, while you're here, subscribe to us via your favorite network. We look forward to seeing you next time on the Find Your Leadership Confidence Podcast.